0: So I know your average, woke, decolonize-everything history book reduces the entirety of the history of Christian civilization to the Crusades, the sale of indulgences, and the Inquisition. There's a little more than that. How about this? The Catholic Church was and remains the largest social service provider in history. Go to the worst, most difficult places of any city in the world or the the most dire situation in, in Haiti. And you know who you're going to find there? Not just secularists living there and serving the poor. No, no, you're going to find nuns. You're going to find priests. You're going to find Christians driven by their faith to give up everything to serve those in most need. Why is that? Because we know the cheat sheet for the final exam. God revealed it to us. Matthew 25. I'm going to sum it up for you in two simple points. One, if you don't love the poor, you will go to hell. Ouch! Did he just say that? Dude, don't kill the messenger? Jesus said that. Now listen, you can't save yourself. However, you can condemn yourself. And the soul that's impervious to the needs around him, and God made this really clear in scripture, cannot enter the kingdom. But reason number two for Matthew 25 is that God himself is really very present in a mystical way in the poor. And so Christians have run to the sacraments, and to churches, and to the poor throughout history to encounter God himself. In the book Bread and Circuses, French historian Paul Vaney notes that, quote, homes for the elderly, orphanages, and hospitals appeared suddenly in the late Roman era and always in the wake of the expansion of the Christian church. Hmm, why do you think so? and Gary Anderson wrote this incredible book called Charity, where he notes that in Latin and Greek, words had to be invented as the Christian church spread for things like orphanage and hospital and and, and soup kitchens and places to serve the poor, because those words didn't even exist. And look, if you flew a drone over a city in ancient Rome, you'd find You'd see circuses, you'd find arenas for for entertainment, you'd find big government buildings and some temples for the gods. Fast forward a thousand years. You fly a drone over medieval Europe and, 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 and Italy, the same places, a thousand years later, after the place had become Christian, and you're going to find churches and convents and orphanages and hospitals and places all about serving people in need. The rocks and stones themselves cry out. Listen, you need to be a part of this. And being a part of that, it doesn't mean doing everything. It just means doing your part. And that starts with opening your eyes to the people around you. And that's what we're going to help you do today. You're going to encounter the poor in the streets of Denver, and they're going to tell you what it's like to be homeless. And then I'm going to interview a friend, a new friend, Jacob Livinggood who's going to talk about his own experience of losing his home, becoming homeless, and how his faith and good people helped him out of that. It's an incredible story of hope. It's going to blow your mind mind. But before we jump into all that, here's a great chance for you to do something. Go to reallifecatholic.com forward slash MOJ. Become a missionary of Joy today. It's our monthly donors. You make all this good work happen. Now, 90% of our work is evangelization, but to put our money where our mouths are, just as Christians have throughout history, we give about 10,000 meals a year away to the poor, to school children uh, in Africa and Haiti and different places around the world. And in addition to that, we have a full-time doctor that we hired in Haiti from Real Life Catholic to work for the poorest of the poor. Be part of that by donating. It's our monthly donors that keep all that going. Now here's a special offer. We're leading a pilgrimage to Italy. If you go to reallifecatholic.com, click on our pilgrimages tab, you can see all the info about that pilgrimage. If you become a missionary of joy today, we're doing a drawing in early January so that you and a friend, if you win this drawing, can join us for free in Italy on that pilgrimage. So there's an incentive to do lots of good, as if doing lots of good isn't an incentive enough. We're gonna make it even sweeter dear for you. And now to the streets of Denver. How's it going? Yes, yes. Oh, thank it's, you. It's waterproof, it goes on to zero degrees. So Does a it really? It? It's a really thank good you. one. Yeah, thank yeah. you God so bless much. You. Oh, What's you. your name?
1: My name is Janie.
0: Janie? Mm-hmm. Alright, where are you from?
1: Thank you very much. I'm from Denver. Isn't she
0: pretty? Look how pretty mm-hmm. she is. Thank you. Janie from Denver. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> there you go, man. Thank you, bro. Yeah, waterproof goes on to zero. It's a goodie Thank beauty. you, man. Yeah, you got it. Merry Christmas, bro. Yeah, you can go to the Arctic with that. Oh, wow. I mean, I'll be so toasty, I'll, I'll, sleep, I'll start sleeping in. Yeah. My name's Robert Ray Martinez. i got help with the sleeping bag. I camp out, and I'm sure grateful to everybody. I've been real cold lately. My zipper on my sleeping bag, it's a mummy bag. It broke. Maybe I'll get discovered. I'll be on my way to California in no time. Only no sleeping bag. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Oh, a day in the life of Denver, Every day you're trying to look at what the temperatures are going to be, do you have to pack things up, is it gonna rain, is it gonna snow, how cold is it going to be, is it gonna be sunny, and trying to find out where you can get your food.
0: You get beat up, you get robbed. I've had my stuff stolen like nine times. There's so many people that are homeless, but they don't seek the adequate
1: help when they have problems, and then it's hard to deal with them out here because they're cussing you out and they're screaming at you and they're telling you different things. I took my daughter out one day on a homeless day so she could see what it was like. Just in the middle of it, she's like, Mom, homeless is hard. I said, just wait until later. People are freezing. I have a friend who died in this park here last year at this time. His name was Melvin Sosa. He's a Navajo man too. They found him frozen solid out here.
0: Had my eyes broke, I had my wallet stolen, my ID stolen, two guys to beat up an old man. It's hard and you have to be hard on those streets, and I don't like that. Much of our work is about the intersection of faith and everyday life. To help you live out your faith in everyday life, specifically in the workplace, me and my dear friend Pat Lencioni, renowned business author, are starting a new podcast being released January 1st, Monday through Friday, The 3 Minute Reset. Go to 3minutes.net, that's the number 3 minutes.net and sign up today. You can sign up for the podcast and for our newsletter to be part of the conversation and make sure you never miss an episode It's a great way to share your faith. Now, to the inspiring interview with my friend and new hero who overcame homelessness, Jacob Good. Jacob Good. dude, thank you so much for being with me, man. Absolutely, thank uh, you. I, Ever since seeing you get that award, I'm like, gotta have this guy on my show. And congrats on that award, by the way.
1: Thank you so much, I appreciate beautiful. it.
0: And your last name, congrats on your last name. Good? come on, that is the <laughs> coolest last name ever. Um, <laughs> uh, we're gonna dive into some potentially painful memories that I think you sharing is gonna help a lot of people. Uh, yeah. So before I, we dive in, I just wanna say thank you. Thanks for, for letting us go there. Thanks for being real, and thanks for being willing to share this with people. Um, how does a homeless person become homeless? How did, you, how did you become homeless? A lot of people like see the homeless and then presume we know. We, a lot of people presume, mm-hmm. oh, it's, it's, it's just addiction, or it's what it, what, they might insert whatever issue they think it is here mm-hmm. and just do away with it. So mm-hmm. tell me about the path there.
1: You know, there are many different reasons, and some of them are not very, they're not surfacey. Can be a lot of things. Right now there's a lot of people just getting evicted. They just simply can't afford the rents because they keep going up and up and up. For myself, um, I ended up having a psychotic break in the middle of the COVID pandemic. Mm. It was at the height of the COVID pandemic. Mm. And it was the first time uh, I'd ever had a psychotic break, mm. and at the same time, there were a lot of different issues going on in my life, and so I just simply left reality as we kind of all know it. Wow! Um, and my issues became more and more um, heavy, burdensome. I went to a very dark place—the darkest place I've ever been in my life. And I've been to some dark places, but not like this.
0: Did you go to the dark place you're referring to after you were homeless, or did you go there and no, then drove was you into the, homelessness?
1: This was the lead into that, yes. So, when after that happened, yeah. I, I was already in a state of, of just despair. I was traumatized and I was dealing with PTSD. um And I dealt with a situation where I had gotten an apartment, I was living with my family. Um, I got an apartment, and in this complex, it, it was like arriving in like a hornet's nest. It was Satan's lair. I don't know what was going on. it, it part of it's me. I have to accept the fact that yeah. you know I have to claim my you know my part yeah. of, of of life, right? But there was something else going on there. Hmm. i had i was my apartment was broken into a lot of times. the lock was changed, stuff was stolen. Um, I honestly thought that there was like a, something going on, and I, I don't want to get too much into the weeds, but I, I was fearful of my life. Wow! I thought that I was going to be uh, killed in the middle of the night, wow. so I couldn't sleep. Wow. It, and so it made all of my issues worse. So I was homeless in my own home. Mm. I, I couldn't rest. And so I started going into psychiatric units to get away. Wow. And I went one after another. Um, Thank God for Parker Police Department, they have a special unit, it's called the Community Resource Team. Yeah. And they work with just people that are, that have mental uh, illness issues. And they don't take them to to jail, they take them to psychiatric units, if, if possible. Awesome. Wow. So they were my angels. Wow. They took care of every, they kept coming, they would come by every week and check on me.
0: Here's something you don't hear enough of nowadays. <laughs> a cop was my angel, but it's oh. true. A lot of, I mean, a lot <clears> of are such good human beings, man. And, oh,
1: yeah. these are, you know, before that I had, I had issues with police, Yeah. <laughs> but after that I, the kindness and generosity that they showed me and the wow. caring. Wow, how beautiful. Um, it, Just as an example, uh, one of the police officers he told me to get cameras so that they could catch the people that were messing with me. And he showed me a, a camera that he had in his home. Wow. He, he showed it on his phone. He invited me into his house.
0: That's wow. how I took
1: that. Wow. And yeah. I, that was just an amazing... That's how out of the way they went for, to, yeah, to awesome. make me feel comfortable. Wow. Um, so I kept going into psychiatric units. Yeah. And I ended up staying in a hotel. Um, but, and I went into, I believe, five In a row, hotels? No, psychiatric units. Okay, just because I couldn't stay at my place, it was it it was you know it was too too horrible. Um, And so I basically said I don't want anything to do with my family. So I broke off ties with my family. Wow. So I found myself in uh, an outpatient, it's partial hospitalization. So you go during the day. Yeah. And you do uh, basically therapy during the day, classes to help you with uh, manage your symptoms in your life, yeah. um, and you stay in a hotel while you're doing that. Well, that program ended, and so I started staying in a hotel. Um, I then went to another psychiatric facility, and they did not; ha- they wouldn't let me stay any longer. I'd reached my maximum, and. Mm. This was in Colorado Springs. Mm. And they said, we'll give you a, a ride anywhere you want. And I said, well, I have nowhere to go. Denver Rescue Mission, here I come. Oh, my gosh. So they dropped me off at Denver Rescue Mission from the psych ward. And wow. that's where I ended up.
0: Did you, did you, um, what was your first night outside on the, like, with no place to sleep? I no was fortunate
1: that I had, I, I did get a cot in the overnight. Yeah. Um, there was room. But. I couldn't sleep there either because, one, I had my medications, which I, was, I needed. Yeah. And I was fearful that somebody was going to take my bag. So I couldn't sleep. So you were there with a bunch of other people and, and you didn't have your yes. own separate space? No, so it's, lo- it's an open room with just a bunch of cots.
0: What's that first night like when you realize, I, I don't have a home anymore?
1: Broken. <sighs> In every way mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, you can't trust anyone. Mm. And I, w- I would say this is, this is true for, m- for most. You've broken ties with everyone in your life. You've burned every bridge that you possibly have. Mm. Um, and there are some people that have addiction on top of it. Yeah. And so people come from different backgrounds, but they all are dealing with trauma. Homelessness in itself is a traumatic experience.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So if you're dealing with the trauma and, and issues to begin with, that just adds to it. And you don't necessarily get any help except for the basic needs of you know a, a place away from the cold, mm. um, and a place to sleep if you can, and a, and a place to take a shower, and those are important things. Not to diminish those. Right, those so are hugely important. important.
0: Did you did you spend time sleeping out, like under under a bridge, or did you, were you always generally going back to the cot at the mission?
1: No, I did not. I fortunately got into a place um, that focuses on mental health. Awesome. I, they accepted me. It's a group community called Keras. Caris. Caris. It's the Greek word for grace. Beautiful man. That's awesome. Um, What's the uh, I
0: want to jump back into the careis experience, sure, but I want to ask some some just practical questions um, about the lived experience mm-hmm. right there there's There's homeless that I've seen you know on the sidewalk and, and just doing different service things in in downtown Denver. Mm-hmm. And I, I hate to use this word, but it looks like some 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 of them are fallen have fallen into almost a zombie state. like sure. they're just just staring mm-hmm. a blank stare, right. And then so, then if you come around with, with something to give or some help, or, or we come around with a camera crew, um, it, it wakes up for a minute. Mm-hmm. But then it goes back to this, this default state. Um, and I, is that depression? Is it boredom? Is it lack of structure in the day? Did you experience that? And what, how would you describe from, you know, what, what is that like?
1: Yes, it's the, you're literally staring the abyss in the face and you're living it every day. Because you have no one to go to, there's no one to trust, you have no money, your needs can't be met, you have absolutely no resources, none. Huh. You, are, you, you just are, you feel like you are not even surviving. Mm. It's, it, it, what you're referring to is literally just, it, it is the, it's just the abyss. You're looking, you're looking at the abyss when you see that.
0: I think a lot of people don't even want to look at the homeless because that's something that people struggle with within themselves. They could be driving mm-hmm. in their car and feeling like I have a job, I have money, but just if there's, a, there's a veil this thin separating me from the sense that there's nothing. You know, when they're especially if they're living life without faith, or if they have wounds that they haven't worked on, and mm-hmm. let the Lord just enter that place and love them and be with them. So they don't want to look at that because they, it's a mirror sometimes, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, at, as you went on with the experience of homelessness, did that uh, before you got help, did that get worse? Like did you start to to take on that identity more and more? I'm homeless? Did the experiences continue to to deepen the abyss for you? you know I, I also think like the way people look at you or don't look at you, does that all deepen the abyss? Yes
1: a lot of people walk by homeless and they don't look at them. they walk can they, you know they go around them, they don't look at them. You feel Either. that. Yeah, Oh, absolutely. That's where, That makes it even worse when you don't feel human already and then that happens. It's like, okay, well, that, that verifies I'm not human. Wow. People don't want to look at me. They don't want to talk to me. You you can say something and you, you can say it nicely. Hello, excuse me. Something like, people just won't even answer you.
0: Would you go out during the day and, and ask for money? Is that what, like, you had your cot, but no, would you go no, out? What did you do during no. the day?
1: During the, I, I would read. I, oh, cool. I would just stay to myself and okay. read.
0: Okay, that's something, yeah um so people just, i i've heard from from homeless before like i i make a point of pulling over and say what's your name instead of just saying here's a couple bucks mm-hmm. um, but I've, I've had the experience before where like my name like you see you see their face like
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then you say the name it's like dude no one said my name for six months mm-hmm. did you go for a long period of time where no one said your name
1: no i was fortunate my my experience
0: Less was short
1: lived compared to a lot how it could have been, or how a lot yeah. of people experience it. I was very fortunate in the fact that I had. You found God's, a God's helping hand. Praise he, God. He He reached out and He blessed me in ways that I, you know, He works mysterious ways. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of times, um, it's it talks about in scripture it's the testing of faith mm. and you know i in in my life I've turned my back on God a lot of times he's never turned his back on me he's always man. there he's always been there he's the one who's he's always there. saying your name yes yeah <laughs> so I was fortunate that i had yeah i had a spiritual uh part of of my life at that time, even though I didn't know it. I didn't realize it. I I don't even know that I could realize it, to be honest with you. Really? Um, I was so so broken um, that I just felt there was just nothing. There was nothing to look forward to. It was just a, it was such a dark place. So when someone says your name or they give you eye contact, it's- Reminds you you're human. Yes
0: right which is uh, it, it's amazing I, th- I think as a society we've gotten more again efficient mm-hmm. with with helping with homelessness and then some people think well the efficiency part is is good that there's grease in the wheels things are turning mm-hmm. you know um people who are in need need people to go into their lives and have like this isn't just efficiency this is interpersonal human sharing ripping you out right yeah so yeah. tell me what what started to rip you out. What started to change things?
1: <laughs> I have to say that, one, getting into Karis. Karis. Two, getting the help I need via medication and therapy. Praise God. And three, it was realizing that God's there and he's helping me. Wow. What made you realize that? Because there was no other way that things could happen the way that they did.
0: Was there a moment when you realized that, where you're in this dark abyss, and it's like, I sense God?
1: Well, I have to tell you, it was very interesting how I found Karis. It wasn't on my own. I got a phone call out of the, the blue from <clears throat> someone in Douglas County, a caseworker. Yeah. And she called me up one day, and she said, hey, I, I want to let you know I've been working on housing for you. that's
0: awesome
1: yeah absolutely yeah her and my caseworker from the parker police department crt they came and visited me when i was doing the, the outpatient program wow and they showed me Keras on the on their computer and they said is this something that you think you would benefit from would you like us to move forward in helping you and i said yeah absolutely praise god now a lot of people don't a lot of people don't want the help Right, they they they
0: stay. They they want it. They're not happy, but they stay. What what sets you apart from people who choose homelessness as a perpetual state?
1: Well, homelessness can be, you know, it's kind of like the recidivism rate from with prison. Mm. You get accustomed to it. You get once you get to that place, um, you just you're you're so far away from society to begin with. Mm. The journey to get back without help is next to impossible. Mm. I would say it is impossible. Mm. You have to have help. Once you're in that place, you cannot get out on your own. You don't have any resources. There's yeah, no pe- way. people
0: say, well, just get a job. I mean, go go to McDonald's, just get a job. Like, what would you say to that? What would you say to the person who's like, why didn't you just go get a job?
1: Uh, well, for one, you do have to listen to an address.
0: You have to have an address to get a job, yeah.
1: yeah that's one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, You have to have an ID. Um, you have to be able to get there. You have to be able to show up clean, with your uniform washed. Mm-hmm. Um, very basic things. Uh, you know, it, you can't afford the laundromat, so where do you go to wash your clothes? Yeah, you, know, you can't. You know, there's very few places you can take a shower unless you're in a shelter.
0: Yeah.
1: It's things that most people don't think about. Money. How are you going to get there on time? Transportation. Yeah. Um, Totally. It's, it's, this, it's the stuff that people just take for granted.
0: No, it's like, it's like saying to somebody, hey, why don't you just sprout wings and fly? Sure. I'll tell you would, why. I can't—I yeah. mean, like, come on. I, I, there's sometimes like, the saying, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, right? Right. What, what an absurd yeah. saying, think about it. You literally cannot pull yourself up, no matter how hard you pull on your own shoes to get yourself in the air. Like, so sometimes we need a little little grace, right? Absolutely, and I, and I, absolutely. And I love that it was, it was named Karas, right? Which yes. yeah, means grace. It's a Christian organization.
1: It is not. It is not affiliated with any uh, religious organization.
0: But named Caris. Named, <laughs> named
1: Caris. And the, and the interesting thing: the facility itself yeah. was Saint Philomena's uh, convent. Oh wow. wow! It was where the nuns stayed that uh, taught at Saint Philomena's school. So you're so you're in a place
0: now where you're you're not only not homeless anymore. You're helping at, at Samaritan House. Yes. Right. You're helping homeless people uh, yes. to, to to get out of the the darkness, get out of the abyss. Uh, sum up like what were the what were some of the key things within that journey because this is not just a journey from to getting help but a journey of sh- shaping and changing your whole self perception you know from i'm um, I'm helpless i'm alone i'm homeless to these people care about me i'm actually convinced of that again and I see you you look like you're secure in love right now yes like this isn't the guy I would have been looking at <laughs> a couple years ago when you were no
1: not at all <laughs> right not at all
0: so yeah and and, and some of it might be a repeat, but I just want you to share like again like what what what's sum up the journey
1: well let me say what's, first first off i wouldn't be alive yeah i wouldn't have i wouldn't survive wow. I wouldn't have survived so <clears throat> um, the main thing is is uh you know part of the requirements for care is, is structured time, so mm-hmm. volunteering, going to school, having a job um and so, I chose to volunteer. And a friend, uh, someone there, was already volunteering at Samaritan House. I volunteered at several other places, but I went to Samaritan House. And awesome. it was just, it, it was the place for me. You
0: know, that's really cool, because that's a, that's a, that starts to say right away, I matter. Right when you're actually serving, it reminds you that you matter. Right. This is one of the things. And thanks for reading Living Joy, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Living Joy, get it on RealLifeCatholic.com. No, um, because one of the things you got to do to be happy is to serve other people. Absolutely. You know, and especially when you're feeling really dark and really down, find somebody who feels darker and downer than you. Absolutely. And do something because then it's like there's purpose to my life because we start to forget. There's you know that the Lord has something for us to do.
1: Wow. In giving, there is receiving.
0: Yeah, amen. So you got structure. Mm-hmm. You, you started doing service. What yeah. else was helping you get out?
1: And I didn't feel like I had value. Mm. So it was finding that value mm. in myself. Finding that, yes, I'm worthy. I'm valid. Mm. I matter. Mm. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What I matter for or about, but just knowing that I matter counts.
0: Oh man, I got chills right now.
1: (laughs) Oh really? Like that—that's a core
0: message of the gospel. You know, God died for us. Yes. Sit with that. Like, do do, do you internalize that? Do you let it sink in? Do you really believe it? That the Maker of space and time found you worth dying for. That's how much you matter, and that doesn't depend on things you do or things you accomplish the word worth you bring to society, no, no, no. Right. It, 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 you have, an, 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 like in some mystical sense, an infinite worth because God's infinite and Absolutely. said, you're worth me dying for. Absolutely. But to internalize, that's a journey, man. And, I, and I'm, I'm gonna guess that like, that after the journey of homelessness, you got a way deeper sense of that than when you felt stable before you became homeless. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's like, right? From glory, that the, the, through these, these deaths, we have resurrections. What do you love about yourself now? That because of the trial that you went through of homelessness, that you maybe didn't have those qualities before?
1: The testing of my faith and the hardship Hmm. has brought me to a place where I feel so secure Hmm. with. Well, i wrote a blog called comfortable being me comfortable being me for i wrote that for Keris. beautiful and <clears throat> so i found a, a place where I'm, i am comfortable being me mm. it doesn't matter what my faults are we all have faults we all have stuff everybody has stuff yeah um i don't let that stuff control me yeah yeah awesome my, my That stuff isn't you, right? Me. No, no like, not at all. Not that, that's at all. where
0: people go wrong. Like, this is not something I'm dealing with. This is me. It's like, no, no, no. This is something I'm dealing with right. that can actually make me strong.
1: It does. Yeah. There is, a, there is a quote that a friend told me, and I've been sharing it so much. I, I love it. It's by Dostoevsky. Mm. It's, the darker the night, the brighter the stars. Mm. The deeper the grief, the closer is God. Mm. Praise God. And I share the darker the night, the brighter the stars part a lot.
0: I want to hear about the reconciliation with your family. Where was your family through all this?
1: So I broke off relations with my family. They, at one point, actually said, I can't deal anymore. Don't call me. Don't talk. We both were at, our, at the end. mm And my family has always been there. Mm. Um, And they were still there, but they couldn't deal with what I was going through. I couldn't deal with what I was going through. Mm. So I didn't talk to my sister for almost a year. Mm. I, I spoke to my mom. I continued to speak with my mom. I didn't speak to my brother-in-law for two and a half years. Wow. And... You forgive yourself? I do. Part of the reason I know there were spiritual things happening and that God's hand was involved in my life through this, my brother-in-law passed away past March. Hmm. And... (laughs) <laughs> every check-in we did at Karis, it's like a half an hour mini therapy session every week. You can have more if you, if you need to, but that's what minimum. Yeah. Every session for a year was literally about him. Wow. It was processing. Wow. I'm so glad the intern that was working with me didn't say, okay, Jacob, enough. Mm-hmm. Can we please switch topics? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) She hung in there. Wow. She let me just do what I needed to do. Yeah. She was with me the entire time. Last Thanksgiving, I woke up. Something within me said, you know what? I've done enough processing. It's time to act. Mm. I picked up my phone. I called him. Mm. And I said, I just want to let you know that I love you. Mm. and I wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Mm. And that was after two and a half years of not speaking to him. Wow. You know, I love you, brother. That's That was my message. Wow. And it was given back just as much as it was. Oh, praise God. He was dealing with a terminal illness. mm I didn't know about. Mm. Um, However, I am forever grateful that I had that experience and I was able to Mm. reconcile that relationship because I saw him two times in person after that, before his sudden and quite unexpected passing. Wow. I'm sorry and praise God. Right? I don't know that I could have forgiven myself had I not Mm -hmm. moved and acted Mm -hmm. on that. By the way, my brother-in-law's name is Michael. Awesome. So.
0: May you rest in peace. Absolutely. And (laughs) joy. Yes. I love you, Michael. Amen. So grace, love is patient, love is kind. Those are easy words to live when nothing's going wrong. The whole gospel is so easy to live when nothing's going wrong, right? right? Jesus says, Love people. That's really easy till you meet people, right? Love your enemies till you have an enemy, someone who wants to hurt sure. you. Love is patient, love is kind, till your kids to go off the rails, right? Um, but you, are, are, you, are you resentful or is, or is it a wrong move? Like you, it sounds like, again, your, your, your family made boundaries uh, when, sure. when you were acting the wrong way. Was that also the right thing to do? Was that part of the love, uh, provided that those boundaries aren't made with anger? Did you experience it that way, or do you see it that way now?
1: Well, I see it that way now. At the time, no, I I definitely didn't experience it that way. Are you glad they did that? I am. Why? Because, for one, they needed it. Okay, yeah. Stress. They had to take care of themselves. Yeah. Um, And I had to take care of me. Mm. And there was nothing they could do other than pray Mm. and... Remain hopeful that things would work out and turn out for the better. And you know, I think having hope on their on their part um, that's an important factor mm. because that does that does go out, mm. and you feel that. You felt it, absolutely. Even though I knew, even though there was a break in in relationships, I knew they were there. That's awesome! Oh my gosh! There was no the way to communicate, there. but I I still knew they were there. And they there. were
0: they were waiting for you when you came home. Yes, it reminds me of the prodigal son. Absolutely, yes. Right? That's he, the thing. Yes, like that's that's not just the story. People just think, well, it's a story of sin. No, it was also literally the story of homelessness. Yes, I mean he he was he was he had gone so dark he was feeding pigs pig slop right. Mm-hmm. But the the part of the story that isn't often talked about is. How many times the father was, he saw the son coming from a long distance before he ran to him. Mm-hmm. He was poised to run. How many long days and nights did the father just stand there, scanning the horizon? You know, yeah. just waiting and hoping. I mean, that, that's sometimes the greatest and most beautiful thing a parent can do. It is. And, and it makes a it difference. Is. It communicates the love of God. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to land on this one. Um, what do you need? from other people when you're homeless? What do you, what's the thing, uh, a lot of Christians are wondering, I, I feel like I wanna make a difference, I don't feel like I can. Like what does what home, a homeless person need most from me? Uh, on a basic material level maybe, if I'm passing someone on the, on the side of the road,
1: mm-hmm. but then the next level. It depends on your resources, what you feel like you can do, what you can give. Yeah. I would say first and foremost, Ask God to lead you.
0: Mm, Pray, start with praying.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Because you never know what will happen. When you answer the call, you never know what that will lead to. Wow. Because that could be a domino effect. You could touch someone's life in a way and they could touch other people's lives in ways that that you can't. Mm. We all have our special gift. And I would say that first start with prayer. It depends on resources, you know, if it's tangible things. Yeah. Um, you can always go buy gloves, like especially cold months are coming up. Yeah. There are places you can buy, you know, inexpensive gloves. Wool hat, wool, mitt, wool, wool socks. Yes, Sox absolutely. Socks right? are a big issue. That it, it, yeah. Surprisingly, that's like the number one thing. It just yeah. is. Yeah, They wear out quickly on the streets. Yeah. And sometimes people don't even have shoes. Um, With the migrant population they are not prepared for colorado weather Mm. um you can also you know my mom she always carries around what she calls her jesus money Mm. she saves every month and has a little budget for her jesus money Mm. and whenever she feels led she will do what what she's called to do with that money i've seen her buy groceries for people that's great um i've seen her just give money yeah um, I've seen her buy people's lunch. Yeah, um, she's bought you know gloves, blankets, and she hands them out. Um, mm. When I when I give out money, and certainly my mom, she always says, "You know, God bless you." Yeah, just a little phrase. Look at the person. Yeah, absolutely. Look at them, and just say, "God bless you." Awesome. Ask the person what they need. What do you need the money for? Can I buy you lunch? Mm. Go to the fast food place and get them lunch and go bring it back to them. Man, that's awesome.
0: I just thought of a scripture from Acts of the Apostles where, where Peter is walking past a guy who was, who was unable to walk and he was begging for money, and then Peter said, look at me. Because the guy was, was just probably vacant stare, feeling yeah. hopeless, mm-hmm. but he wanted to make eye contact. He said, what do you need? Mm-hmm. He asked that question. You know, it started with him seeing the other. Yes. And then he worked the miracle. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, get up and walk, and the guy got up and started dancing and jumping around. Yes. Uh, I just, I'm just, i just so grateful for you, man, for, for helping us to look, to see the other person, and for uh, opening your soul to us and just sharing all this, man. And I'm just so, uh, I'm also so grateful for your life, which is a, a, a testament to the power of grace and to the power of loving community, and people who will reach out and spend time helping, family who will stay there and wait, because uh, it's a reminder of what we're all called to be. And you also model that by doing it now, man. Like you're you're in it, you're doing the work. So I just celebrate you, man. I'm just so proud of you, of everybody watching, and I'm grateful, so thank you.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah. Let us just remember, we never know what someone is going through. Amen, amen. So say your prayers. Yeah. Keep people on your prayer list. So, Thank you. Hey,
0: I love you, man. Thank you I so love much, you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate God. you. Yeah. Praise God, amen. Thanks for watching, my friends. Thanks for journeying with us through Advent. And we talked about how to pray. This week, we're talking about how to serve the poor. And finally, we're gonna talk about next week, how to share your faith with your friends. And all of this is about preparing the way for the Lord in your heart, in the world, in the people around you. Thanks for being on the journey with us. We love you guys. But even the people out here on their streets are very caring with each other as well. If we know somebody doesn't have something and we got enough for ourselves or just barely enough, we're more than willing to share. There's a lot of great people out here, a lot more than these things. People have heart.
1: We, we get and we give at the same time. If, if we got it, you got it. It's a blessing to be acknowledged. I stand all day, every day, downtown on the mall, and people just walk by you like you're not there. But there's very few people that will walk by and say, you know, God, God look. hang in there, or have a blessed day, or, hi. It makes, it makes a huge <laughs> difference. Yes, right? yes, day. like somebody at least, say, wow, you know, you're there. I'm a person. Because, yeah. You just got to quit being scared of the unknown and come and know these people, come and learn these people, because it's a way of life for these people. Thank you. God bless all of you.